Love the British monarchy? You've come to the right place. Welcome to the To Die For Daily podcast with Kinsey Schofield. Take it away, Kinsey. Hi, all. Kinsey Schofield here with the To Die For Daily podcast. And today I'm, I'm, I'm so lucky to be with the author of The Spider Inside the Criminal Web of Jeffrey Epstein and Ghislaine Maxwell, um, Mr. Barry Levine. Talk to me about the last few weeks of your life, Barry. Have you slept? Like, what's <laughs> going on with you? You're a Jeffrey Epstein expert. You are in high demand right now. Well, I I, I, I appreciate that, uh, and it's uh, I'm, I'm honored to um, uh, be on your uh, podcast. Uh, this is a real uh, a real absolute treat for me. We did speak a little bit the other night on a News Nation um, uh, interview. Um, but uh, no, the past couple of weeks have um, uh, been um, from the Epstein investigation point. Um, you know, we, we, th there were bits and pieces, fresh information from uh, this documents dump that uh, uh, continue to um, uh, fill in the puzzle. I mean, I kind of look at Epstein and through the past few years, uh, the, the investigation that I did for my my book, The Spider, is really one of those giant puzzles that I used to do with my daughter when she was very young. Right. Um, and I was never good at, at the puzzles. <laughs> but there were a million pieces, and we had to put them all together. And, you know, with Epstein, we still have many pieces of the puzzle board that have not been filled in. And I am hoping that if there's any plus out of this, um, the, the new public awareness and the interest from the documents release is that we will get to hopefully a fresh investigation where we could re where authorities can um, once and for all um, go after the co-conspirators, go after the uh, gentlemen on Jeffrey Epstein's client list, and let's see if um, charges could be brought against any of these people. That's really where we need to go right now. I mean, so I hate to use the word Bible since it's related to yeah. uh, you know, Jesus Christ, but uh, the spider really is kind of the Jeffrey Epstein Bible. You go from start to finish, you, you spent time at his childhood home to get a sense yeah. of of what his mindset was like um, growing up and, and where that desire to have power and control and and not fame necessarily, but certainly finances came from combing through these documents. Uh, you, you did say, say there were some surprises. Do any does anything specifically stand out to you? Uh, did anything, uh, you know, kind of knock you off your out of your socks when you were reading it? Well, I mean, listen, there, there, you know, there was a lot of um, um, scandal related to the Sarah Ransom, um, one of his accusers, her deposition in which she had named, um, you know, the big boys in this case, the Trumps and the Clintons and said there was videotape of of, of um, sexual relations that took place uh, against uh, um, the will of these girls. And of course, she later had to. Um, as we learned, she had recanted um, the claims about the videotape, so it, it, it made it very murky. Mm -hmm. um, but what I'm focused on are some of the names that, excuse me, that we have heard that that came into a little more clarity um, as possible fresh witnesses that authorities could look after. Um, certainly, one of the names from her deposition. Uh, uh, is um, uh, Gwendolyn Beck, who is uh, a, a public figure. Uh, she had dated uh, the disgraced New Jersey Senator Bob Menendez. Um, in, the, in, in the deposition of Virginia Giuffre, um, we learned that um, number seven, Gwendolyn Beck, um, um, Virginia says, I wasn't trafficked to her. Uh, she was part of some of the trafficking. An attorney asked her, what she meant about Beck's involvement, to which uh, the victim said she was involved in some of the orgies. So you you have that allegation of this of this woman who's now sixty five years old, 
uh, who Jeffrey Epstein met um, um, way back in 1995 uh, through um, their connections on Wall Street. Uh, she's been, she was photographed with um, uh, Epstein. She was photographed with uh, um, Trump and his then girlfriend Melania. She was part of that inner circle. You know, where is her deposition? Where is authorities from the Southern District of New York questioning her about, you know, what she knew and 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 and, and what took place? Uh, so to me, there's work that has to be done. Uh, another name that came up in uh, Sarah Ransom's deposition was a gentleman, uh, a mystery man who has been identified as Peter Lambakis, who... Uh, was identified as a possible cocaine supplier and possible witness. Oh. Now, where is this man? What yeah. does he know? Should authorities be tracking him down? Um, there's still so much work uh, that has to be done. And I'm really hoping that, um, you know, from all the headlines that took place over the past couple of weeks, uh, from these disclosures that, um the investigators in the Southern District here in New York who successfully brought uh, Ghislaine Maxwell a prosecution and put her behind bars will go back and look over these unsealed documents and launch a new investigation. I mean, that has to be done. Look at David Copperfield, the oh, magician. I, I mean, yeah, what, what I a mean, throwback right there, right? I hadn't heard that name in years. But here you have an individual, and this was greatly upsetting to me. Mm -hmm. where, um, you know, he, he had been a, a friend of Jeffrey Epstein's. He had done um, uh, magic tricks for um, uh, the girls and some of the um, uh, guests at one of Jeffrey Epstein's parties. You have in a deposition um, a, a woman saying that um, uh, David Copperfield told one of the young uh, girls, uh, are you aware that um, uh, these girls are uh, hiring other girls, that they're recruiting other girls? So you, ha you have information here that David Copperfield uh, was aware of this pyramid scheme way right. back when. Right. Now, how, how does he know that? Right. Um, at this point, uh, he has not commented, as far as we know. There's no specific allegations about against him. But where did he figure this out? And, and how does he know this? Did he witness anything? Um, was this information uh, that, that where he made the disclosure uh, from uh, conversations that he had with Epstein or things that he witnessed himself? Clearly, Decades ago, he was in a position to go to authorities and tell them what he knew. Why didn't he do that? Again, you, you know, what, what, what is troubling to me, um, having investigated this case, is that um, um, individuals allegedly like David Copperfield had information way back when that could have been taken to authorities, and he had the um, name recognition that they would have sat down with him and, and, and taken him seriously. Why uh, did he not go to authorities at the time? And also, you know, why did authorities not listen to some of the girls who blew the whistle to the FBI? You take the case of the uh, artist, uh, Maria Farmer, um, who was abused uh, by Jeffrey Epstein her younger 16-year-old sister, Annie Farmer, uh, was also uh, victimized by Epstein and Ghislaine Maxwell. Uh, Maria Farmer went to the, uh, contacted the FBI. It wasn't, it, it took them 10 years to finally get back to her. So we, we continue to learn more and more as this goes on, that um, there were people, there were whistleblowers early on. Um, I, I wrote the story in my book about the uh, Victoria's Secret model, who uh, Jeffrey Epstein had used his connection with Les Wexner and to Victoria's Secret to identify himself as a recruiter. And he ended up groping this woman who went to both the police and authorities and was never taken seriously. You have uh, just a litany of these uh, examples of, of people who 
were in the know uh, that could have gone to that could have gone to authorities or did go to authorities to blow the whistle, and nothing was done for so long. And and because of that, um, the victimization and the trafficking of these girls went on for decades. Now, I mean, would you say that? Prince Andrew's name is one of the reasons that this story blew up in the mainstream and actually, you know, there there was some traction that began surrounding these old expiring allegations. Well, I, I mean, listen, you know, Andrew is a, you know, is, a, is, is another fascinating case. And, and what we do know, and this is troubling to me also, is that uh, to the FBI's credit, um, once they, um, uh, because of the Miami Herald uh, series, uh, Me Too, and they finally went and um, um, arrested Epstein and, and were going to try him uh, here in New York for sex trafficking. Um, while they were looking, while they were looking into that before Jeffrey Epstein's death, uh, the FBI seriously pursued. Um, trying to arrange an interview with Prince Andrew, as as you know, um, they uh, for four straight months they pursued him. They tried to talk to his people. His people said that there would be cooperation. There was never cooperation. The um, Jeffrey Berman, who was then the U.S. Attorney, uh, was at wit's end, uh, pulling his hair out, trying to make something happen uh, from the uh, SDNY. They even tried to go through um, uh, UK authorities uh, with the uh, MLAT, which is the Mutual Legal Assistance Treaty, uh, to try to compel him uh, to sit down and speak to them. But Prince Andrew continually uh, denied them um, any type of cooperation. And, and, and what's troubling is that we know that Scotland Yard has information on Prince Andrew. Their detail, the... Um, uh, SO14, which is part of uh, Scotland Yard's protective service for the royals, uh, his particular protectors from SO14 were on a boat uh, docked outside of um, uh, Jeffrey Epstein's island in the Virgin Islands. Uh, they had information. Uh, Jeffrey, uh, Prince Andrew claimed that he was never there. Uh, they, they, for in fact, have records showing that they accompanied him uh, to that island and, and let him stay there overnight while they uh, stayed on a boat outside the um, outside the island. There's names of officials from the SO14 that were part of uh, Prince Andrew's detail that have information, um, whether the, whether it was the same officers or other officer officers. There were um, Scotland Yard uh, protectors who were with Prince Andrew when he went to uh, Ghislaine Maxwell's townhouse in London uh, for the night when he was uh, um, when Virginia uh, Roberts Jufre was put out to him for sexual relations when uh, she was 16 years old. Um, you know, where are those records? Why aren't those uh, officials being scrutinized over there. Um, how come we haven't seen any of that information? There's a cover-up going on in the UK uh, to obviously control that information. Um, what, what's your reaction to the Met saying in in relation yeah. to these new documents being released that they're not going to investigate it because they don't feel like there's any new information there? Do you have a reaction to that? I, I mean, you know, it, it's appalling that uh, th that you have that type of reaction. I'll, I'll tell you. I'll tell you this: um, after Jeffrey Epstein's death, one person who did uh, to me most of the heavy lifting to try to get at his estate and really what went on was the um, a woman named Denise George, who was the district attorney in the Virgin Islands. Um, she went after. Jeffrey Epstein's um, estate and his company in the Virgin Islands called Southern Trust, which she labeled just a front for sex trafficking and, and uh, a prostitution. And she interviewed employees at um, 
Jeffrey Epstein's estate, Little St. James and the Virgin Islands. One employee said that uh, he saw Prince Andrew with young women uh, on a balcony at Jeffrey Epstein's estate uh, and was absolutely sure it was Prince Andrew. And the next morning, uh, Prince Andrew uh, was walking on the grounds, going to, to, to breakfast or lunch. And uh, he said, um, um, hello, your, your royal highness. So you have an employee of uh, Jeffrey Epstein's estate who eyewitnessed Prince Andrew in the company of underage women. You know, why isn't that being investigated? Why isn't the FBI now taking that testimony from Denise George's office in the Virgin Islands and putting something together here um, and compel Prince Andrew to uh, sit down for an interview? Now, I do think that I, I do think um, not to interrupt, but I do think if he were to ever reenter the United States, that as one of the um, accusers attorneys uh, ha has said, it's ver very likely that Prince Andrew could be arrested if he steps on U.S. soil. Oh, and that's I, I'm glad you brought that up because one yeah. of the um, stories that circulates in the UK every once in a while is that yeah. he's lost all capability of making money in the UK, that he really is relying on King Charles. So worst case scenario, like Fergie, he'd get on a plane, come over here and I don't know, start selling blenders on QVC. I, I don't know what he would do. So that's yeah. interesting that you feel like he could potentially be arrested if he came over to the United States. That, I mean, what a vulnerable position he's in. He's got to feel so, um, so stuck. Yeah. I mean, the last time, the last time we were aware that he was here was um, when he was photographed walking in Central Park here in New York with Jeffrey Epstein. I have that um, photo in my, uh, in my book, The Spider. And. Oh, I bet he hates that it, photo today. <laughs> Well, I'm sure, but it's clear that uh, he he purposely came to the U.S. when he knew things were falling apart to speak to Epstein. And obviously, we don't know the conversation between the two men as they walked in the park. But you can absolutely bet that you know it, it was part of a uh, a cover up to um, try in some way to help uh, uh, Prince Andrew. Right, because I spoke to Andrew Morton about this, the author of yeah. Diane Necker's True Story, and he said he wrote a book about Prince Andrew shortly after that, and he was at a dinner party, and um, he met somebody that was a mutual friend of Andrew's, and he said, oh, I've written the first book about Prince Andrew. So his friend said, oh, come over here. Let's call. Let's get Andrew on the phone. And so they try to call Andrew. Andrew picks up, and this is, again, after Diana, her true story, so Andrew Morton is not not invited. Andrew Morton is right. not, no, nobody wants associated association with this guy. So the mutual friend says, "Hey, I'm standing here with Andrew Morton, and he's been, he's written a book about you." Prince, Prince Andrew hangs up on him, and you know never talks to this individual again. So Andrew Morton's point is, this is not somebody that jumps on a plane to break up with you in person. You know, he can, yes. he'll just change his phone number. Um, I'm so I know I asked you for just a few minutes, but I'm yeah. having so much fun with you. Can I keep you a little bit longer? You can keep me as long as long as you need. Yeah. Thank you so much. I talking about Andrew with these younger women and and um, the they're being witnesses on the island. You you wonder what his mindset? How could he even remotely think that that was an appropriate thing to do? But I, I've also read you quote Jeffrey Epstein, I believe it was days before his death, maybe say yeah. something to a, a fellow inmate about how the, the government's charges were ridiculous because they weren't even younger, younger girls. I mean, can you correct me on that quote and 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 yeah. tell me, do you feel a sense of maybe that's Prince Andrew's mindset, too? Like, what are you talking about? These are they're just, you know, right. they're not children. Yeah, I, I'll read you that specific quote because I do think it's important, and to me, it uh, it really played into his um, uh, mindset. Um, uh, w one of the um, 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 uh, former inmates who were who were in um, lockup with him. Uh, these there were two men who were assigned. Um, through the uh, suicide prevention there. They were, they were kind of counselors to other 
inmates. And we do know, as I wrote in the book, that um, uh, it's gone. The officials haven't acknowledged it, but I, I, I'm aware through our investigation that uh, Jeffrey Epstein, uh, um, that there was another suicide attempt before uh, the night in which he took his life. And in fact, um, because of because of of that, there were these inmates who were kind of counselors who were assigned to speak to him regularly, find out what his mindset was, make sure he wasn't harboring, you know, dark thoughts. And in one conversation, he said, um, uh, Epstein uh, made a specific reference to his alleged crimes. He said to me, Miles, you know, I don't know what you've heard, but they are talking about these girls being underage, but they're 15, 16, 17, and 18 years old. They're not eight or nine years old. So you, you have in, in that quote from Jeffrey Epstein to this other inmate, you, you have his mindset that, well, I, you know, I'm not a pedophile. I wasn't with eight or nine year olds. These girls were, you know, 15 or 16, which of course still makes him a pedophile, still makes him a sexual predator of, of, of young underage girls. But somehow in Jeffrey Epstein's mind, uh, there was a cutoff point. There was a limit. You know, I'm not going to be with eight and nine year olds, but it's okay for me to be with uh, uh, young girls who are 15 and 16. Now, uh, you know, you can take that to a, uh, you know, a, a shrink and, and, and probably we could talk about that for, for hours. But obviously in his mind, uh, what he was doing didn't enter into that realm of sexual abuse of, of, of young girls. Uh, and you have to also remember that when this was going on, primarily from 1994 to 2004, which was the timeline prosecutors used to uh, convict Gillian Maxwell, uh, his partner in crime. Um, Maxwell uh, viewed these girls, as she told um, a, a friend who I quoted in the book, that these girls were nothing but trash. Um, well, I uh, hate she, that quote. I can't. I, yeah. I honestly, I wanted to throw the book across yeah. the room when I read that quote because it tells you everything about the moral compass of these people yes. and the cruelty. Well, exactly. And, and so when you have Maxwell thinking and, and viewing these girls as, you know, uh, as trash, yeah. disposable. And you have Epstein thinking, well, there's nothing wrong with what I'm doing because, uh, you know, I, I'm with girls who are older than that. Uh, it, it's 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 a twi it was a twisted, horrific uh, lifestyle that these two lived uh, for uh, for a decade. And 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 I'll, I'll get back to one final thought on the age limits. Denise George, that district attorney in the Virgin Islands, after Epstein's death, her investigation also found that uh, Epstein, at the end, uh, when he was living there um, in the years before um, his arrest, was bringing girls to the island as young as 11 years old. Oh, my God. Young as 11 years old. My yes. stomach turned. Oh, my God. And he was using modeling agents, friends like Jean-Luc um, Brunel, who also took his life behind bars in Paris. He was he was importing girls from these modeling um, agents that he knew, trafficking these girls from um, Eastern Europe and, and bringing them, staying out of, out of um, the U.S. mainland from out of his home, home in uh, Palm, uh, Palm Beach or New York, but bringing the girls, ferrying them, to the Virgin Islands, and and these girls were becoming younger and younger, and that was his his life at the very end. Oh wow! Not learning his lesson clearly. I I know people are going to ask me, and I apologize in advance for yep. asking you this, um, but I also had the uh, uh, as I stutter on. I also had this thought while reading the book um, that um, people are going to ask me why I didn't ask you if Jeffrey Epstein killed himself. So I'm asking you that, but yeah. also I think that it, it, the answer, your justification for why you believe he did in fact kill himself. I think, well, I wonder, do you believe that Jeffrey Epstein, a control freak, 
which is why yes, one yes. of the reasons you believe he he ended his life. Do you yes. believe that being a control freak is one of the reasons? I mean, w- there's no justification, obviously, but one of the reasons he pursued younger women because that you can't control women your own age. You can't control women that have their own careers. You can't control women that have their own money. Um, and you you might be like, uh, none of us are ever going to know the answer. And I, and I that's a, a very fair answer. But as I read that and thought about him ending his life because he no longer had control over the situation, I wondered, did in his warped, weird mind, was he attracted to younger girls because he was always going to have the upper hand? Well, it was it really was like a cult. Um, uh, you know, he um, um, for the sexual relations, for the abuse, for the rapes. But he would also, you know, he, he'd also uh, watch movies and he would want the girls to um, sit at his feet while he was watching um, films. Um, uh, th- there was this need to, um, yes, to, to absolutely control these girls, to um, have them do everything uh, he said. And, and he treated his staff that way. The temperatures in his, in his bedroom had to be a, a very certain degrees. He had to have X amount of towels. The employees couldn't look at him on the island. They had to turn away. Um, all of that began caving when he was behind bars. Um, he wasn't Internally, I think a very strong individual. He completely fell apart behind bars. Interestingly, Maxwell, for everything she went through behind bars, was made of much tougher stock and and survived that and 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 refused to do a deal in the end and and you know went to what um, was convicted when she had the opportunity to, um, to to do some type of a deal. But he completely unraveled. Um, we know that, um, he saw, he saw the end. He saw how this was going to go, that he was going to spend the rest of his life in, in jail. Um, two days before his, um, his death, he had his, um, will rewritten. He brought lawyers in, into jail to change some facets in his, in his will. Um, the day before, uh, he took his life. There was a uh, very um, uh, damaging um, set of uh, documents from um, the Maxwell defamation case that were unveiled. Um, Judge ruled that they would be unsealed in in court, which opened up all kinds of fresh legal documents related to Prince Andrew and and some of the other men who who have been named. Um, he, He really saw the writing on the wall that there was no way out. And I think that um, he knew that, it, you know, if, if he ended up in a federal lockup, that because of, of, of what he did in terms of uh, being a predator with, with, with young underage girls, uh, that he was going to be brutalized by other uh, inmates there. And I think that his last act of self-control uh, that he had was to um, basically uh, wave off um, uh, the authorities and say, you know, I'm not, you're not going to get me sitting in, 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 in a trial. You're not going to get me, you're not going to put, you know, stick pins in me uh, to give up names. And I'm just uh, walking away from all of that. And, and I do believe that um, despite all the conspiracy theories that he, that he took his life. And, and we did an extensive investigation in the book and, you know, you have you have to also consider the mechanics of the jail. While that jail was later closed down by the Bureau of Prisons because of the conditions there and the the the, the, the poor security, in fact, the mechanisms to open the um, Epstein's jail cell and to gain access to the shoe that he was in would have required um, David Copperfield. Um, well, it, well, it, David Copperfield or the officials who were in the main jail control room to have open doors to let individuals onto that floor. You would have been t- talking about a massive conspiracy. It wasn't only uh, had to do with, um, um, I mean, the, you know, we know about the two uh, guards on his floor who supposedly uh, fell asleep that night and weren't doing the rounds and were later um, reprimanded um, by, by authorities. But 
to get into Jeffrey Epstein's cell overnight would have required um, um, officials inside the main jail control room, the locked jail control room, to actually open doors to let a mystery person into uh, Jeffrey Epstein's cell. And it's just, you know, it's a great story. Um, uh, but I, 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 I do think that uh, at the end of the day, he, you know, he, he took his own life. And, and another thing that doesn't make any sense is if, say, he was attacked or say someone uh, had um, done this to him behind bars, um, where are the defensive wounds on his on his hands or his fingers? Uh, even uh, Michael Bad and the um, esteemed um, 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 uh, in investigator uh, who a medical examiner who uh, Jeffrey Epstein's brother Mark brought in to conduct um, um, and observe the autopsy had to admit in his documentation that there were no uh, defensive wounds on on Jeffrey Epstein's hand or his fingers. So, you know, I, I do conclude that um, uh, he took his life. However, as we, we spoke to individuals related to the Bureau of Prisons who told us that uh, Jeffrey Epstein was put in a position to take his life, that that no one actually strangled him, but he was put in a position. Where was the um, new inmate who was supposed to come in and uh, be with him in that jail cell? That didn't happen. Why were there so many additional um, bed sheets that were um, put into Jeffrey Epstein's cell that allowed him to rip those up to make, you know, to make a noose? Um, you know, if Jeffrey Epstein was also a, um, a risk for suicide, why did he have a sleep apnea machine that had a long cord uh, attached to it in which he could have strangled himself that way? Um, they pretty much, um, you know, I, I can't accuse an individual of taking his life, but I think the Bureau of Prisons and the MCC looked the other way. And uh, if Jeffrey Epstein were to take his life, uh, you know, for the most part, they could care less. Wow. Yeah. Somebody clearly dropped the ball. Um, yeah. I'd, I'd love your uh, personal opinion on, because uh, there's two conflicting stories. Prince Andrew tells the BBC that it's Ghislaine yeah. Maxwell that introduced him to Jeffrey Epstein, where Ghislaine Maxwell says that she is not the person that introduced Prince Andrew to Jeffrey Epstein. These two seem to be on each other's sides. They Neither one will rat the other out. But this yeah, is yeah. a conflicting story. What do you think that's about? And do you think Ghislaine would ever turn on Prince Andrew? Why is she so protective of him? What Or does she just want to say innocent all across the board? So I'm not going to go there. Well, I, I think... I, I think Maxwell, you know, from her depositions, from um, um, the court case in which she was convicted, I think she's a pathological liar. Um, I think Prince Andrew is a, you know, is a liar. Uh, he won't um, uh, man up and ad admit to um, what, what went on there. Um, uh, they're both lying. They're, they're, they're both lying to protect one another. And um, I, I think at this point, as I said earlier, I think that uh, Ghislaine uh, comes from much tougher stock than, than Jeffrey. He completely fell apart behind bars where um, the hatred built up inside of her that, um, um, uh, that how dare authorities put, put her behind bars, that she in her mind believes that she did nothing wrong. It's the same attitude, it's the same mindset as oh these the, these girls are just trash i you know i care less what what happens to any of them um i mean she knew him she knew prince andrew her father uh, robert maxwell the press baron uh, owner of the uh, daily mirror uh, in in england i mean she knew all these people she knew these people from years and years back uh, there's no question in my mind that she was the one who introduced um, um, uh, Andrew to Jeffrey Epstein. Uh, Epstein had made connections um, in, in the United States. Uh, he knew uh, wealthy and, and, and powerful individuals, but it really was um, uh, Ghislaine's uh, Rolodex that really opened up uh, you know, a, a, a really 
a new world for Jeffrey Epstein in terms Speaking of making credibility. Yeah, I mean, credibility. Oh, yeah. standing Andrew, uh, Bill Clinton, um, uh, you know, Trump. Uh, well, Epstein knew Trump from you know, being neighbors in, in Palm Beach, but she was able to bring into their circle so many um, uh, wealthy uh, and, and uh, powerful individuals. And, you know, they used Prince Andrew. They, they called him the useful idiot. Um, they took advantage of him because they knew that having them, having Prince Andrew in their pocket would open up the door to uh, so many additional connections. You have uh, Ghislaine and Kevin Spacey um, partying at uh, um, uh, Buckingham Palace, sitting on the, the ceremonial throne. You have uh, Jeffrey and uh, Ghislaine attending um, um, parties, uh, uh, you know, in, in, in England at these places. Um, we haven't, you know, as far as we know, uh, they never met, or uh, Epstein never met the Queen, uh, but uh, they came relatively close. It's just so vulgar and disgraceful and, yeah. uh, you know, hard. To, it's so hard, I've said before, to justify on my end when I'm trying to talk around it. When we were on News Nation, Leland said, you know, why are they still defending him? I wish I would have said, I know my eyes just fell out of my face because I was like, I don't know. I wish I would have said that I truly feel like the king made a promise to the queen, but I really do struggle with the de in the defense of them. You know, do you think that um, they're looking at some of the holes in Virginia uh, Gouffre's story? Do you think that because there have been some errors, she has said, I've been, I'm mistaken. I, I take yeah. certain things back. Are they holding on to those with dear life, hoping that that none of this is valid? Or do you think that they have to look at, you know, something like the spider and go, wow, there are some, there are some witnesses. There are some really good points. There are some, there's some proof here. Yeah. I, I mean, uh, those are all very good points. I mean, the prosecutors from the Southern district um, didn't use Virginia uh, as a, as a witness in court against um um, Ghislaine Maxwell because of some of the inconsistencies uh, from um, uh, depositions that she gave, things that she wrote in her um, uh, unpublished memoir, interviews she gave to uh, Sharon Churcher at the uh, Sunday Mail who broke open the, the, the first story about Prince Andrew's involvement, um, who I, I had access to her notes, um, exclusive notes, uh, when I wrote, wrote my book. Um, there's no perfect um, um, witness. There's no perfect uh, victim. You have to understand that uh, that the, the, when you're dealing with 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 young girls and, and young women, um, they're not going to remember um, all the specifics. They're going to get things wrong in the various timelines. This is something that Alan Dershowitz, when he was defending Jeffrey Epstein in Florida, um, back. Um, during the Palm Beach investigation, first the Palm Beach police and then the FBI. Uh, he uh, embarked with his team on uh, victim shaming. They went, they attempted to look uh, into these girls to try to uh, turn up information that they had, um, uh, may have uh, um, um, used uh, drugs, uh, that they were promiscuous, that, they, that there were stories about them uh, from other kids down there, they really went and attacked the the victims and made these um, th these young um, innocent victims into uh, prostitutes. That was their uh, effort uh, to try to get Jeffrey Epstein off the hook. Um, but I am, you know, as I said earlier, there are individuals beyond Virginia, beyond some of the other Sarah Ransom, who also now has has acknowledged um, um, inaccuracies in, in things that she said. But what about the what about the employee, the adult employee that Denise George found in the Virgin Islands who saw Prince Andrew there? What about um, uh, this uh, woman Beck, uh, who we know took part in allegedly took part in orgies? Uh, you know, why aren't they questioning? Why, why aren't they questioning David Copperfield? What did he know at the time, and how did he learn what he did? There are um, adults 
in this story that could be questioned, uh, where um, some of their testimony uh, could strengthen uh, a, a potential case against uh, the co-conspirators, the four women that Jeffrey Epstein used as assistants down in Florida who were given um, immunity at the time of his um, um, non-prosecution agreement uh, with uh, Alexandra Acosta. Um, uh, as I said, we're learning so much more. There's so many more pieces of the puzzle and new names are emerging. And it's important now that prosecutors don't waste time that they jump on the momentum from this um, uh, from these disclosures and, and, and start doing a fresh round of interviews. We know that uh, there's officials in the government, Senator uh, Marsha Blackburn, who um, is taking this seriously, who wants to see the additional flight logs that haven't been released. So you have officials in the government. And again, there is politicizing going on and and, you know, I, I don't know how you get around that, but if there's still an interest to uh, prosecute individuals, then we, we, we have to let go of the politicizing, whether you're a Democrat or Republican. And let's find out if there's individuals who can be brought to justice in this case, besides Ghislaine Maxwell. That's where this case has to go now. Do you have any information on Fergie's loan from Jeffrey Epstein? I, I thought yeah. it was interesting because we do know at one point he made the comment to an employee, you know, if, if the Duchess of York ever calls, get me on the phone immediately. Like he, she was she was a priority to him. Um, and I, I feel like there are a lot of people that will sit back and go, I don't think Andrew did anything wrong, but it's guilt by association because Jeffrey Epstein definitely did. So how does someone like Sarah Ferguson walk away, you know, with clean hands when there was money exchanged there? Uh, obviously, he had something on. Obviously, he had leverage over her when he allowed her to borrow money from him. It's, a, you know, you all that's a favor that she now owes her. Um, and, and, do you have any thoughts on that? Well, that, that was Jeffrey. That, that was Jeffrey's mo. I mean, his whole um, uh, way he ran his his operation, his trafficking operation, was to do favors for the uh, rich and powerful, and to use them. Um, he would dole out these these uh, men to other men uh, to provide money for different charities, and he would he would cross mingle all of these individuals. Um, uh, and so many of these men, you know, now come forward and say, "I'm I should have never done any business with him." You have the former Israeli Prime Minister Ehud Barak, who Jeffrey Epstein set up to do business with uh, Wes Wexner. Um, the um, uh, billionaire who, who who really financed Epstein early on, even though Wexner uh, claims he knew nothing uh, of uh, Jeffrey Epstein's dark side. And there's been accusations against Wexner of uh, of sexual abuse, which, which of, of course, he has denied like all of these um, other men. But you had Jeffrey um, connecting all of these people. Uh, Prince Andrew with, with with rich and powerful associates loaning money out or giving money to charities. He gave money to, um, as, as you point out, to Fergie. I think that the figure was probably somewhere less than thirty thousand dollars, if I recall. But it was it was money that um, for Epstein it was a, a drop in a bucket. It was it, it was it was um, pocket change, but it was gaining favors. Uh, pulling people on his side. And that's what he did throughout um, these decades. And and to me, that's the most fascinating thing in writing the book, The Spider, really was seeing how Jeffrey Epstein could move between these, uh, between this dark world of the uh, sexual abuse and rape of these, of these young girls, the torture of these, uh, of these girls um, in, behind closed doors, and also, a few hours later, sit down and on the phone with with top scientists, Harvard uh, uh, executives, um, um, politicians, uh, getting these individuals sitting sitting at um, the dinner table with with these people, and move between uh, this world of of predator abuse um, and this world of um, um, you know 
sitting among the rich and famous, uh, sitting with the Bill Gates of the world. You had so many uh, people, it's mind-blowing, who um, uh, were like moths to a flame, who were willing to embrace Jeffrey Epstein even after the Florida um, conviction for solicitation of a, a, a prostitution of a, of a minor. And you had all these individuals um, who would uh, show up at Jeffrey Epstein's uh, uh, townhouse in, in New York and um, um, sit around and, and talk about uh, financial deals and uh, um, charities. And um, uh, Epstein would, would try to help these people with um, tax shelters and things. Um, it, it, it is quite unbelievable in terms of how he commingled these the two worlds that he lived in. Does it remind you of Weinstein a little bit? Because it's almost like they need something. They <clears throat> need to have a real job. They need to have real success. Although people will would say that Jeffrey Epstein had like one one client that was relevant and real only one real one quote unquote success or job. But it almost reminds me of Weinstein, where you distract from the sin by yeah. actually being legitimate or good at, at something and keeping the company of someone um, like Bill Gates, because that gives yeah. you credibility. And because yeah. you're over here doing charity with Bill Gates, certainly nobody's going to think that you would take girls to a private island and violate them. Right. I mean, I mean every, I, Harvey Weinstein was taking girls to his hotel room and also accepting Oscars, you know? Yeah. And, and, and the two of them were friends. As bizarre as this story is, the two of them were friends. I have a photograph in my book at a costume party. You have a photograph of Harvey Weinstein in costume, standing next to Jeffrey Epstein and Ghislaine Maxwell in, in England at a costume party. Jeffrey Epstein invited uh, Harvey Weinstein uh, to his um, uh, house in uh, townhouse in Paris, where uh, Weinstein allegedly was receiving a massage and then became abusive um, to the girl. Uh, and then Jeffrey Epstein said, uh, uh, told a friend, uh, uh, he's a pig. That's mm -hmm. a quote that I have in my book. He called Harvey Weinstein a pig and then severed their relationship because uh, Epstein said that uh, Harvey was um, um, uh, irate uh, uh, and, and violent to um, uh, one of his girls. So. Maybe too yeah. much of a liability there, because if that happened too often, the girls are going to start talking. The girls are going to revolt. You know, you have you can't have people that are that are so overtly abusive. Yeah. It's almost like you have to have the people that are manipulative and calm and and, and stay below the radar around them. I don't want to keep you too much longer because you've been so, so sweet and, and generous with your time. But you have a fascinating background. And I was reading about, you know, you launch you, you helping launch tabloids and chasing after Barbara Streisand and Don <laughs> Johnson. Um, did you have a history at all uh, with the royal family before Prince Andrew? Did you study Charles and Diana? Were, were you a part of the the team that helped break the, the you know the, the that relationship dissolving? Because tabloids were really ahead of the game back then. Um, what's your history with the royal family? Well, the um, certainly. I was a managing editor at, at an old uh, Fox syndicated TV show called The Current Affair, which so um, fun. I loved that show. I loved that yeah. show. <laughs> Maureen, uh, Maureen O'Boyle was uh, the host at the time when I was with the show. It launched uh, Maury Povich uh, before his before his own show. And he was the host of uh, ACA um, at the time I was there in the 90s. Um, we were covering the uh, breakup of um, um, Charles and, and Diana. And um, uh, I mean, we were doing that story every every single night, um, and, and you know the the interviews with the you know the the, um, the Andrew Mortons of the world, and the just that whole cavalcade of uh, that whole royal circus of um, uh, the News of the World reporters uh, who were investigating that we later learned were actually phone hacking. Uh, to get the inside scoops uh, and, and that crazy, bizarre Fleet Street war that was taking place every day between the London Sun and the Daily Mirror, um, uh, you know, and, and the, the, the mail and all the papers over there. It was a um, 
um, what, what fascinated me most about um, the Diana Charles um, uh, divorce was the just the incredible interest here in the United States. And um, yeah, we were, uh, how are we so emotionally invested in a monarchy that didn't belong to us anymore? Is is it Di it was it Diana's appeal? Was it her sweet spirit? Was it her was it her sex appeal because she was beautiful? Was it? Well, I don't know. It was everything that she had gone through, um, and and certainly that, that 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 princess quality that she had. Uh, the, the ability for Americans just to absolutely fall in love with with her and 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 evil Charles carrying on you know the the affair be behind her uh, uh, be behind uh, Diana's back as Diana said there were three, yeah three in the marriage um, it was it was a sensational story um, it was the biggest story um, I mean I covered I covered all the scandals over the years Michael Jackson O J Simpson um, uh, but, but but certainly um, nothing I think really resonated with the public like the um, um, Diana and uh, you know and, and Charles and um, um, you know it, it was it was just so bizarre it was just th that circus that we were living in at the time in the '90s in terms of covering that story you know was fascinating and that really was my um, first real connection with um with the uh, coverage of uh, of the royals was it a no-brainer did you see spikes in in viewership when you had diana and charles headlining the show of course i mean that's why you know um the, the tabloid tv shows at the time i was involved with the current affair we had competition and inside edition and hard copy um again this was a time when when we didn't have the internet you didn't have um the constant um, 24 hour run of, uh, of, um, of uh, uh, you know, Facebook and, and, and TikTok and um, uh, Twitter. And, you know, so, so, you know, where were people, where were Americans getting that, that fill at that time? They were getting it from TV shows like the one I was working for, where we were going well beyond the couple of minutes that the nightly, you know, Dan Rather was talking for for two minutes. Uh, you know, at the end of the um, nightly news each night, we were providing all the, you know, the the, the down and dirty. And um, so and, they were sitting in it. And this is like before we had uh, direct uh, on demand. So people are yep, literally yep. making sure they're at home at X amount of time because they need to be on their couch with their remote control, tuning tuning in to see the lady latest on Die and Prince Charles. That's so. You had to be there. Yeah, it was a it, appointment television. If you if you weren't on your couch watching, you missed it. You and know, then you so. went to the hair salon and you guys <laughs> talked about it. So you, and you knew you had to get home the next day to find out what the latest was. I love that. That's so funny. Yeah. Uh, what do you think about the chaos surrounding Harry and Meghan? Do you see similarities in the in the Charles and Diana chaos when it comes to just people's need for new information about them? I mean, there's there's no question that. Um, um, uh, Megan really kind of ex exploded the, besides the um, um, Prince Andrew's uh, scandal with, with, with Jeffrey Epstein, uh, th th there's no question in my mind that um, the scrutiny on the royals is because of, uh, of um, uh, Meghan Markle and that dynamic and, and the dynamic between her and, and, the, and the rest of the royal family. And you have you know, Prince ha Prince Harry, who has grown up uh, with, and rightfully so, a giant uh, a grudge against Fleet Street, against the photographers who were who were chasing, you know, Diane in the tunnel the the, the night um, of of the accident that that took her life. I mean, you know, in, in in Harry's mind, he holds the media responsible for his mother's death, and that has now carried on um, in the. Uh, continual uh, lawsuits that he's filed uh, over uh, um, against the tabloids in England that are still uh, going on uh, today, and, and certainly the, the the leaks about um, and the headlines over um, uh, Megan and you know in the media. And uh, I mean, my belief is that they continue to um, dig a hole for themselves with the Oprah interviews and the. 
um, the books and the documentaries. Um, but this is the the world in which they they live in. They they feel that this is how um, they're going to put their side of the story out. Uh, but in addition to that, um, Harry is is doing it in, in a courtroom, and he's trying to get even with um, um, the media, and uh, um, he's succeeding because uh, there's been judgments against uh, some of the newspapers that he's been suing. Do you see any similarities in Harry and Andrew in the sense that, you know, there is something about the spare that they don't they have because they don't have a specific job to look forward to. They tend yeah. to be a little lost. They they can they can be a little reckless. Um, is there something, you know, about the spare that is lacking that needs to be corrected in the future so that that even princess margaret she liked the bottle she loved to party you know that all sorts <laughs> of rumors about her and Mick Jagger and all of these other characters yeah. it just seems like they have everything at the palm of their hands and no real purpose so sometimes they can get lost or they make some they make some mistakes well I, listen i think i think i think harry's a lot smarter than prince andrew that's so that, that is so nice of you to say. That's the you're the that's that's going to be the headline. <laughs> I think he is so much smarter than Prince Andrew. But again, their lifestyles growing up were, were similar. I mean, you know, Andrew was known as Randy Andy. He 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 loved the party, loved to go to the clubs. One of the appeals that Jeffrey Epstein immediately saw in Prince Andrew was, here's a guy who loves the party, and we are going to, you know, uh, I, I write in my books. In my book, how um, Epstein and Ghislaine set up um, a night for Andrew at this wild nightclub in Miami um, so he could go there and he could uh, dance and go crazy. Um, and, and, and they, you know, they saw this guy coming a mile away and they knew that um, uh, this was a guy who liked women, who, who, who liked young women, uh, who liked the party and that they absolutely seized on that to take advantage of him. Um, and, and Harry grew up, um, he was the one who was making the headlines and, you know, in, in the old days, not, not William, but Harry in terms of his, um, um, you know, reckless, uh, pursuits of, uh, of, of, of dating at the time and, and all the, you know, mischief that he, he got up to, um, the naked, um, the naked Vegas romp. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I'm going to ask you, I'll ask you one more question. They're similar. Yeah. Yeah. I'll ask you one more question, then I'll let you go, because you have been so gracious with your time. Um, do you think Prince Andrew uh, it has the ability to sweat or not? Oh, I, I do think he has an ability to sweat. I mean, that was the that was the, you know, a, a, as they say, um, the, the, the scrutiny that came down on him from the interview that he gave uh, on Newsnight in, in the UK, where he was questioned about, uh, Virginia and, and and said, well, I, you know, I uh, uh, would never be dancing because I have a condition that causes me to sweat. Uh, it co causes um, me to. Um, uh, um, he said he would never be sweating while dancing because he has. Yeah. Right. Because of the condition. But in fact, doctors who were interviewed afterwards said it's completely the opposite, that the condition he had would make him perspire even more. So, uh, you know, I, I mean, as I said, you know, Jeffrey and Elaine viewed him as the useful idiot, and 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 that is uh, uh, Prince Andrew as we know him. Uh, but it, it is still so serious as to what he was involved in, and um, he obviously knows a lot more. He may know specific details about some of the other men, things that he witnessed, things that that Jeffrey or Elaine told him. That's why. He needs to be interrogated by the FBI. Perfect. Perfect. All right. Well, Barry, the spider inside the criminal web of Jeffrey Epstein and Ghislaine Maxwell is available uh, wherever you purchase books. But I'm going to put a link at todieforedaily.com and I'll oh. put a link as well in the description of this podcast episode. It's a fabulous read and a pretty terrifying one, if we're being honest. Um, thank you so much for your time today. You've done an amazing job of of really getting underneath this individual's skin and getting to know, you know the ins and outs of a, a, a true spider web. There are so many tentacles when it comes to this case. So congratulations on all of your success. And um, I will continue to follow you throughout this process as you stay on top of the latest. 
Yes, and and I I really am honored to have um, had this conversation with you. It's been fascinating, uh, amazing questions, uh, and I and I hope that maybe down the road um, you'll have me on when. Uh, the the FBI finally gets a hold of Prince Andrew, and we can we can hopefully you know discuss that. Or if you know new charges are filed against uh, some of the men that still remain in the shadows. Just a, a final thought: we do know from confidential documents that there are more than twenty men who um, took sexual favors from Jeffrey Epstein, from some of the girl, young girls that Jeffrey Epstein put these men out to. When are we going to learn all their names? When when is the FBI going to go after uh, the names that are in these confidential uh, court documents? Uh, so there's still so much work that has to be done. I just hope the Justice Department uh, and the prosecutors who are so great at uh, at getting Ghislaine Maxwell behind bars are, are, are willing to you know sweat and do the heavy lifting that it's going to take to bring some of these uh, men to justice. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Barry. Sure. Okay. Thank you.